morning once again. <clears throat> this first Sunday morning of the new year. And I don't know how y'all feel about that. I'm not, I'm not super excited about it, but I'm not totally discouraged about it either. Believe me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm on my 50th trip. So I'm just kind of, you know, cruising along. As long as the Lord lets us have days, we'll keep serving Him, right? Hello? I know some. I know y'all stayed up late the other night, but you should be recovered by now. So we'll uh, we'll get prepared and we'll we'll endeavor to to honor God by the way that we read His Word together and by the way that we uh, uh, fellowship together and and praise Him. I got I got a couple things I want to share with you. John chapter seventeen, by the way, in case you haven't seen it on the board yet. And I hope you don't have high hopes for the PowerPoint this morning. There's only two slides with two different types of scripture because that's what we're going to talk about uh, this morning. This first thing I want to read to you, I don't know who wrote it. I did not write it, but I, I found it and I'm going to use it to kind of give you some more idea. It says, I am the new year. I am an unspoiled page in your book of time. I am your next chance at the art of living. I am your opportunity to practice what you have learned about life during the last 12 months. All that you sought and didn't find is hidden in me, waiting for you to search it, but, what, but with more determination. All the good that you tried uh, for and didn't achieve is mine to grant when you have fewer conflicts than I have. All that you need, uh, all that you dreamed but didn't dare to do, all that you hoped but did not will, all the faith that you claimed but did not have, you handle lightly, waiting to be awakened by the touch of a strong purpose. I am your opportunity to renew your life to him who said, behold, I make all things new. Whenever I don't know about y'all, but whenever uh, we come, we enter into a new year, and you know, some of y'all don't stay up late, some of y'all do, and it, it doesn't matter what what you do or how you do it. Everybody, I think everybody kind of reflects a little bit at some point. It's kind of like, okay, how'd the year go? You know, I was sitting there uh, Friday night, and I was asking myself, I'm like, with the last year and the year before, out of all the, the years of my life. It was pretty tough. I think most people would agree. There were some tough situations in those last two years. And I got to sit there thinking, I'm like, look at all these people, mainly all the ones on television I can see. But I was like, look at all these people jumping up and down celebrating. I'm like, what are y'all celebrating? It, it was, it was kind of bad. <laughs> it was not great. But, you know, the more I thought about it that way, the more I started thinking, like, you know what, there's a lot of things that God has done in the middle of this. There was a lot of work that God was doing behind the scenes in the middle of this. And here's the thing I realized, and I probably knew this, I've known this uh, even before the pandemic, but it became a a harsh reality in my own mind and my own life as the pandemic went on and the last two years went on, and we're getting ready to start this year now. The reality is, is that life is hard, and you can't change it sometimes. But it should make you better. It should help you grow spiritually. It should help you endeavor to do what God wants you to do. 
in, in two things. We're either, we're either growing and becoming different or better than Christ. We're learning or we're going back. And we're, 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 we're actually declining in who we are in Christ or even as a person. No one stays still. So we have a perspective issue, don't we, every year? Because we always reflect and we say, well, how did last year go? What do I think about last year? And I think it's a fair thing to do. It's not a wrong thing to do. But for me, the problem is, what do I think? And that's what gives me a mess with me. Because a lot of times what I think ain't the the way it is. Because what God is doing isn't always what I'm seeing. And if I'm discouraged about something or if I think things weren't great, it's because I'm not seeing what God is doing. Or I'm not seeing the opportunities that God is presenting to the, to the believers, to the world. I'm not seeing that God is stretching my hand. I'm not seeing that God is still with us. And he's still at work. Isn't that great? So if we, if we can spend some time, if we haven't already, we can spend some time with God and say, Lord, don't let me start this new year, this new time that you've allowed me to have in a wrong attitude, in a poor perspective, forgetting who you are and what you're about and who you say I am. It's important. Who are you? What are you committed to? Are you a believer? Are you a follower of Christ? Or do you just say you are? We all sit back and say, we all want the answer to be, yeah, I'm a believer, I'm, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and we praise the Lord, and we should praise the Lord. The question is, if we really sat down with pen and paper, or iPad, or what's that thing? A stylus thing? <laughs> if you really sat down and just said, look, let me just take inventory of the events of 2021. And ask God to help me see what God is doing. Help me see his faithfulness. Help me see his provision. Help me see the things that he was doing even in my darkest time of 2021. Or maybe maybe take an inventory of opportunities that God were, was able to use me or you and or the church here as disciple makers in someone else's life. Or maybe God would reveal to us some of the opportunities we may have missed. Then you have to ask yourself, okay, what, well, what caused me to miss the opportunity? Was I not paying attention? Was it not obvious to me? Was it not in my comfort zone? I don't know how many people say to me, oh, I'll never be able to teach a Bible study. It's not my calling. Uh, if God says it's your calling, then it is your calling. You don't have to be a preacher or a teacher to teach a Bible study. You can have Bible study, but that's about it. Waiting on somebody and perfect strangers, you can tell them about Jesus. That's Bible study. See what I'm saying? I guess it all boils down to have we been busy about the Lord's work? What's more important, what, regardless of what the answer to that is, are we going to be busy about the Lord's work in 2022? How many days we got? John chapter 17 is part of the, our Lord's prayer when Jesus was talking to the Father about not only himself and he's preparing to go to the cross 
He was also uh, praying for the disciples that that God would have his way in their lives appropriately, and he was praying for the believers as well. Uh, I think it's one of the most uh, intimate and most valuable parts of the Bible is to know that. Because I get to I get to look into the window of our Savior's prayer. What a special moment that is. What a, what a unique situation that we have. Even this late in the game. This didn't just happen yesterday. This is this is our Savior, Jesus in the flesh, our God, talking to the Father, the Creator God. And and I want to take just a small piece, a small piece of that scripture and just read from it today in John chapter 17, verse 13 uh, through 19. He's praying for the disciples at this point, the end of this part of the prayer. He says in verse 13, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world, so that you may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is uh, not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly One of the unique things about this prayer that we can read, all of it, including the part we just read, is it's 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 never about Jesus. It's it, Jesus was always praying about the disciples, about the believers, about the church, about the plan of God, the will of God, the Father, about the master plan, about the business of the kingdom of God. And this is a small part of it. I want to look and see, because these are the disciples. These are the ones who left wherever it is they were when Jesus came to them and said, hey, I want you to come follow me, and I want you to learn from me. I want you to learn about my Father's kingdom. So they dropped everything and went with him. Whether they understood or not, they went with him, and they became disciples of Jesus, ultimately becoming the apostles who would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and began to preach the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we could all become disciples. We're all charged with going into the world and making disciples of it. The invitation to be saved, the invitation, the gospel invitation that we share, that hopefully that we're sharing with people, that we're looking for opportunities to make disciples in order, in, in other words, inviting people into Christ, that, that is a, an invitation to hardship. says that they're going to hate them. He's, call, he's telling the Father, they're going to hate them because they hated me. Now let's take a moment and, and be reminded of last week's message about how there is no room for Jesus. Remember in, in Luke's gospel account of the birth of Jesus and the, the, in, the innkeeper said, I'm sorry, we don't have any room. And that's all there is ever said about any room for Jesus in the Bible. There's no room. But the, the point is, is there was no room for Jesus in the world. And there still isn't any room for Jesus in the world. And if we're in him and we're believers, then there's no room for us because there's no room for him. 
Thank you. We don't want you here. This is not our home. It's just where we are to make disciples so that we can all, all of us who are believers, can go and do your will. So therefore, the question I'm asking you this morning, see, I don't, I'm not one that, I don't really believe in New Year's resolutions. Now, if you do, that's fine. Nothing wrong with it. Not for Seth Hyde. I'll tell you why. I don't know if I enjoy the term resolution when it comes to things. Because usually our, our, our resolutions every year are trying to stop doing things or start doing things that we either don't want to do or want to, that we're not doing or are doing. In other words, we're quitting something or we're starting something. But if we were really needing and wanting to do that, we would have already done it in August. My philosophy is, why would I set myself up to fail? Or at least remind myself that I'm already failing. It's silly, I know. It's just the way my mind works. However, I do believe in taking inventory at the beginning of a year and the end of another year. And, and he- asking God to help me plan my schedule. Help me to do better. Help me to grow. Help me to continue to do the things well that he has helped me do and grow. And help me to get rid of the things that don't honor him and return to him. That to me is a little bit more accurate to our endeavor to be like Christ. Wouldn't you agree? So then you have to go back to your commitment. Are you a disciple? What does it mean to be a disciple? A student of Jesus. A person who has left uh, themselves and are now in Christ. We know the gospel message. If you believe, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. So that you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if that's true for you, then you have decided, you have chosen, you have committed to being a disciple. Not only to being a disciple, but to being a disciple maker. You can't be a disciple and not be a disciple maker. And you can't be a disciple maker and not be a disciple. They go together. It has to be. Uh, it's a package deal. So the challenge this, this morning for the year is to ask yourself, are you all in? Are you, are, is your discipleship an all-in discipleship? Or, 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 or are we kind of in and kind of out? Are we on sometimes and off other times? Well, I mean, I was making disciples for nine months out of the year. Come on, preacher. You, you don't have to answer to me. You don't answer to the preacher. I'm, trying to help, I'm just trying to encourage you and trying to help you. Because God wants you all in. Here's, here's how I know God wants you and me all in. Because Jesus was all in. There, you can't get any more in than Jesus. You, you can't get any more committed to the plan of God and the, and the, and, and, and the, the, the will of God than Jesus himself. Putting himself on the cross so that you and I can have an opportunity to even choose to be on the cross. When he had done nothing to atone for sin. Yet he took he took the suffering and the pain and the punishment and the consequences of our choice to be our own. 
22, y'all. That's the way we're coming in. Show up at any place that we're at. We're sinners and we need a Savior. So, so here's what, here's what, in, here's what being all in involves. Knowing the Word of God. You can't be all in if you don't know the Word of God. I don't mean heard of it. I don't mean read it every now and then. I don't mean memorizing John 3.15. I mean know what the truth is based on what you find in this Bible. That's all in. It's a lifetime endeavor. Whether you live to be 100 years old or you live to be 20 years old, it's a lifetime endeavor to know the Word of God. That's all in. It's all in, y'all. I, I, I was taking inventory of some things, and I'm like, how much, how much time could I, could I, how much time could I have devoted to prayer and Bible study instead of doing some of these other things? Have you ever done that? Have you ever sat back and just kind of, you know, something like uh, recreational, just relaxing, watching TV or a movie, reading, reading? Uh, let's just say Facebook. Let's just do that. Let's do social media. How, if you added up how much time you spent on social media, and, and don't keep this to yourself because this is going to get emotional, but what, what do you think the Lord would say? What, what do, I'm not saying it's sinful to be on social media, but I'm saying if we're not reading our Bible and making disciples or at least looking for opportunities for God to use us, but we're spending all of our time doing things like, well, you know, I don't know about that. Hey, that's kind of sinning a little bit. God loves you, and I love you. Facebook don't love you as much as Jesus does. Put something on there and see how many people attack you because they disagree with you. It's tough out there. Not only do you read the Word of God, but you live the Word of God, y'all. If, if we realize we're failing in living the Word of God, it's probably because we're not reading the Word or studying the Word. Because here's what I know. This is what I've learned personally, the more of this Bible that I pour into my mind in which God's helped let it be into my heart, the truth, just the word, it automatically comes that's the way the Lord works. That's the way the Christian life works. That's how you make disciples. Because people in the world are watching you. So, so Friday night when everyone was celebrating the end of one year and the beginning of another year, however it is they did that, in ways that honored God and ways that didn't, you know, I, I sat there and I wondered how many, I wonder, I wonder if people could like televise those of us who just sit on the couch and don't exercise and just wait for the new year to come in and just kind of be around our family and do things that honor God. And instead of being out in the world doing things that don't honor God, I wonder if anybody would watch us. I wonder if anybody would tune in. Oh, look, he laid down on the couch. He was sitting down. Oh, look, he laid down. <laughs> Sometimes people are watching and we don't know it. If we're living the word of God, people will see that you're all in. They'll see that you're all in because it conflicts with the world. It's not what the world wants. It's not what the world receives. It's not part of what the world says is right. Therefore, we are not of this world. We were of this world until we 
we're saved, until we've said yes to Jesus, until we've said, oh, i, I got to have Jesus, I'm all in. There's no wading into the pool of salvation until you get acclimated to the temperature of the of the water. Like you do when you're swimming. I don't know if I don't know how many of y'all like to swim, but all, it doesn't matter if it's wintertime or summertime, indoor, outdoor pool, ocean or lake, it doesn't matter. The water's always cold. It doesn't matter. You get in there and you're just like walking around like this all the time. You're trying not to get wet. You're in the pool and you're trying not to get wet. Because it's cold. That's the way sometimes we do in this Christian life. It's like, oh, I see any friends. I don't want to lose any family members. But God is saying, look, if you want me and my love, you have to come here. You have to come to Jesus. You have to put yourself in his hands 100% and not look back. No option. I'm in with Jesus. There's no option to go back to the the way I was. There's no option. That, That doesn't exist anymore for any of us. If we're all in. It's like a marriage relationship, isn't it? Because we talked about summer school this week. You can't divorce Jesus. I mean, you could. I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it. He's the bride. He, we're the bride and he's the groom. The divorce is not an option. We're, we're with him. And I, and I don't see why if we're, if we're growing closer to him and we're learning more and more about him and we're, we're experiencing his love and his uh, spirit in our lives and God, we're seeing God every day and we're growing in Christ and we're making disciples and living in the kingdom of God. How could we ever say, Adam, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. No. You ever get tired of God's blessings? You ever get tired of the presence of God in your life? You ever say, God, say, that's enough, that's enough, I'll just take it off. No, we don't say that. get away from God is when we choose to look away from him. And this world tells us that the things of God are wrong. They are not real. They are foolish. They will even hurt you if you follow them. They will hurt you because they hurt me. That's what we just read. That's what he was saying to the Father. Look, I've given them the word. I've given them everything that they need to be a part of me. And he says, they are not of this world any more, just as I am not of this world. We have got, this. if we start another year, whatever many days the Lord gives us, we have got to live those days as if we have another place that we're going to be for eternity. Whatever's going on in this world is good or bad, happy or sad, it cannot be everything We have to be here until the Lord calls us away from here, right? How many of y'all chose to come into Woodville? It was so exciting. We don't choose how we come in this world, but we can choose what happens when we leave. Being an all-in disciple involves being distinct, right? Separated, set aside. Preserved. We look different. We act different. We don't make the same decisions. We don't say the same things. We don't participate in the things that don't honor God, no matter how fun they might be. 
no matter how innocent they might seem. How, I, I wonder, I was sitting there on the couch on Friday uh, sipping milk. Nobody in the house. Watching the television, wondering, I wonder how many of these people out there actually see the coming tomorrow that they believe in. That they serve. That they have the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that's living in you. I'm not trying to be judgmental of, of these people. I'm saying to you and to, to me, I'm saying, look, Lord, don't let my witness become a problem in the kingdom of God. Do not allow me to be a person who works against the kingdom when it comes to disciple making. Being a committed all-in disciple means trusting God. Let me tell you all something. The pandemic has been a challenge, period, for everybody. Believer and not. It's a challenge. We've never experienced anything like it in our lifetime. It's still challenging us. But it shouldn't change who we are in Christ. It shouldn't change what we believe about God. It shouldn't change our commitment level. At least it shouldn't make us shrink back in fear or doubt or worry, anxiety, or sin. Because our world instantly changed in a dramatic way. If everything you know about your life, good and bad, abruptly changed today, would you still be an all-in disciple? Would you still be committed to Jesus? Would you still be uh, calling him Lord and Savior? Or will we be grumbling and mumbling and doubting and falling into fear and grasping into the things of the world to give us some kind of relief and comfort? As if God doesn't exist or he's not real. It's a challenge, isn't it? I hope that every one of you in this room and on the live stream can say, God did some great things last year and I was on board with him for most of it. Right? And whatever we do this year is going to be great and he's going to help me do it better. But if for some reason you may be one of those people that when he says a little bit more than that, you run with it. Let's go. Like I just said, this is my fifth journey or my fiftieth journey, right? On this trip. I don't know how many we'll have. I don't know how many I'll have. I'll have as many as the Lord gives me. Maybe you're full of faith. Yeah, any of you guys about to lay in the military? My wife actually got to pray with me over the phone in my hospital and I'll rock him, I don't care one way or the other. Roosevelt's already happened, and, and this is a one-year, this is a story about what happened in a one-year uh, one year span in the town that I grew up in, very beautiful lake, suddenly covered in wood. It was out of gas. We sat here in the middle of the parade because they ran out of gas. The whole parade was held up until somebody ran off and got gas in it, and that gas filled up. I mean, can you imagine this well-known across the country parade, everybody's rocking in the country, and the 
He's promised that if we're all in, he's all in. In fact, he's promised even if we're not all in, he's all in. If a, if a, if, if a sad witness, if a Christian runs out of resources, it gets to June or July and it's like, causing us to not be committed to not not he's given us every resource we have every resource that's given to us through the kingdom of God there's no reason for us to quit there's no reason for us to run out of gas there's no reason for us to shrink back there's no reason for us to join in with what the world does because we have God isn't that great we have God we're not of the world He's not of us. Verse 16, they're not of the world even as I am not of the world. We are in Him. I love the moment. I love to to think about the moment when Jesus is in the garden and in the wilderness, Gethsemane, and He's telling the the disciples, the half-committed disciples at that point, because they didn't understand, y'all need to stay up and pray with me. Totally stressed out, and he couldn't do it because of what he's about to endure. But he wanted to. And do you remember what he said? If there's another way, can you do it? Can you bring God in? None of us think that we can get God in, knowing that even our Savior felt like he might be running out. Gas to make this commitment in, in his human in his humanity, it's it's happening inside of him. Even though he knows this is the will of the Father, this is the Father's will, and this is what has to be done. But because he went to the Father, the resource, he was able to be filled with what he needed to complete the task laid out for him. Isn't that great, guys? Just when you think it's tough, just when you think. I thought if I went to church, it would get better. I thought if I just became a Christian, life would be better. No. No. We're not, we're not surviving the world, guys. We're here, to, we're here to be a witness for the greatest thing going. We're overcomers. Jesus says, I overcome the world. And if we're in Christ, then we overcome the world. We can't lose, y'all. Hello? Hello? I just set y'all free for all of 2023. 
You can't lose if you're all in. It is a roller coaster ride, isn't it? Everybody say amen. It is a roller coaster ride. It really is. That's why they say, uh, keep your hands and your feet inside the vehicle at all times. Because then once you lose, you're no in. We're overcoming. It's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. Now we can take inventory, right? We're going to take proper inventory of last year so that we can have a proper perspective of this coming year. And we're going to say, you know what? We're overcoming. Praise God for all of the great things. Praise God for his faithfulness. Praise God for everything that happened in 2021 because it's all within the will of God. And then praise God because he has grace and mercy on our lives too. And we say, and we just didn't get it. Or when we do get in the church. Every single one of us in this room have at least one of the last 365 plus days where we said, I don't care. Just don't care today. It's hard, isn't it? Now, we may not have succumbed to that and surrendered to that thought, but we had that thought. It's like the, the sun comes up and the alarm clocks go off and, and you roll over in the bed. It's like, the world for just a minute. I think it's okay to take a break. Physically, mentally, emotionally. But to just quit being a disciple maker who's tired. To quit being a disciple maker who's tired. And you can't be a disciple maker if you're not 100% in. So, being a disciple maker involves knowing the word of God. That's why he says, I gave them my word. I gave them the word so that they can be the disciple that they need to be. Which means also that they're committed to that and they're not going to be of this world anymore. Notice in verse 15 he says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. You ever been on a ride where you wanted to get off? Or you've been in a car where you're like, hey, stop the car, let me out kind of thing? Don't look at this car. Stop. We don't, get, we don't get off this planet until the Lord says we get off this planet. Until then, we're, we're to be busy. I mean, we as believers, we as disciple makers, that's what you are. That's what you need to be. The challenge is not only to ask God to help you take inventory, not only to ask God to help you appropriately react to that inventory, but ask, also ask God to help you see when it has the right opportunity in the next Do something to help someone else get ahead. In fact, we ought to be holding each other accountable. Every time we come together, whether it's worship, whether it's Bible study, fellowship, we should every now and then we should ask each other, hey, how's the disciple making going? You have any opportunities? We should be sharing that with one another. And if we start doing that, we're going to know that if I show up and I, they're going to say, did you make any disciples or did you have any opportunities? Yeah, I'm going to say, no. Well, how come? No, I just didn't have any. No, it's because it's not because God's not providing. It's because you're not paying attention. You're not looking for it. You'd be surprised how many opportunities go by across the road to be the witness for the Lord. And, and 
Here's what it doesn't involve, being an all-in disciple maker. Disciple and disciple maker. Being all-in does not involve loving the world. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. I know we don't like to read this, especially this early in the year. Because it stings a bit. 1 John chapter 2, verse 14 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but of the, from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God remains forever. So we have choices to make, don't we? I really think we only have one choice. You're either in the world, you're of the world, you're going to like give yourself over to the world, or you're going to give yourself to the Lord. All in. You're either all in the, lo- in the world, or you're all in with the Lord. The world and its desires pass away. The man who does the will of God lives forever. Maybe I'll find sense. I may find sense, though. Seems like a simple choice, doesn't it? The choice is simple. The commitment is difficult. We're only 65 days is a long time left to walk this earth. Sometimes 24 hours is a long time left to walk this earth. All y'all that have to go to work on Monday are like, yeah, 24 hours on Monday, it takes four days. I preached a sermon one time called How to Have a Great Monday. And it was a whole sermon about how to have a great Monday. And that, that, the whole point of that sermon was come to church on Sunday. And your Monday will be a lot better. The reason y'all are suffering on Mondays a lot of times, not y'all, but people, is because they're out Saturday and Friday night doing things that ain't supposed to be done. Lord, I need to know that. If you don't worship the Lord, you're going to miss something. If you don't, if you're not worshiping God in every opportunity, it's because you're committed to something else. People do what they want to do. Generally, right? Now, there's reasons why people have to miss church or miss times of worship because they're sick or they're traveling or just something is getting in the way of that that's out of their control. But there is a lot of people around the world that do not go to church because they're busy doing something else. They don't get involved in the church activities because they're busy doing something else because they love the world. People don't repent or gain a sinner in Christ Christ and get saved. Those of us who are believers, we're just sitting here going like, why wouldn't you want to be saved? What is wrong with you? I tell you what's wrong. We love the sin more than we love Christ. We love the world more than we love Christ. If you're going to be an all-in disciple maker, then you can't love the world. I'm not saying you can't like some things that go on in the world. Praise God for that, y'all, because barbecue's in the world. Recreation's in the world. Family, fun, and fellowship is in the world. All the things that are your favorite hobbies that are, are, are not sinful things to do are part of the world, and it's okay to partake. But you can't love them so much that they become your God. In this particular part of Scripture, when he's describing the world, he means the ways of the world, the system of the world, which is always attacking the ways of God. 
always look around the world today is not any different. The world will tell you that Christianity is false. It's, it's, it's not good. It, you shouldn't be a Christian. In fact, we are the enemy of the world. Nothing new. clear, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You're talking about sacrifice and purity. Remember I said you can't be a, a, a disciple if you're not all in. Can't be. That's why, that's why we should be uh, scrutinizing every activity that we do. Not in a way that drives us insane and, and makes it difficult to participate in society. I'm talking about in a way that to, to make sure, to ask God, if I get involved in this activity, how is it going to affect my witness? How is it going to affect my disciple making? It might be permissible. It might not be a sinful thing to do, but the perception of the world might make it something that's not so great. And then you'll either miss or, or, or ruin opportunities to be a witness. Sometimes choosing not to participate is the witness. Sometimes choosing God over the world is the all-in portion of discipleship. Hebrews chapter 10 talks about how we don't shrink back. We're not of those who shrink back. Now this, I'm going to tell you this. I think, let me just talk about myself. I found myself the last, uh, in, in, when, when in February, March, April, and maybe even May, the first part of uh, 2020, when the pandemic made known to the world and everything went upside down and I was standing here preaching with nothing and y'all were gone right I, I don't think I've ever been so challenged in my Christian walk other than that last night right and I'm saying that as a preacher and as a Christian man who loves God Suddenly, all the people that really want to be here are gone. And suddenly the realization, it's just me and God. And I could almost, in my spirit, in my heart, I could almost hear God say, well, are you going to preach the gospel or not? Because I'm thinking about there's nobody here. I mean, we had the live stream. There's nobody in here. There's nobody to make eye contact with. There's nobody to shake hands with. There's nobody to hug when we come to church. There's nobody to pray with. There's nobody to sing with. It's not the same on the live stream. Praise God for that tool that we could get through and overcome. But it's not the same. And I had to realize that my Christian walk duty as a preacher of the kingdom of God is of no matter what in the world. No matter what happens, I'm going to do everything I can do to draw attention to Jesus Christ. Is that true for you? Are you all in? Are you all in when it comes to your walk with God? Or have you already run out of gas and you have every resource in the world but the tank? If you don't know the answer to that question, I'll just pray that you'll take 
long as it takes to figure out the answer to that question. It's not a part-time thing. Do not give up the fellowship of the believers. God created us to be with each other. Together. Serve Him together. You can't be the church by yourself. You can't be all in and committed but not be with the church. I'll give you one more illustration and we'll shut it down. Someone once observed that a wasted life is really nothing more than a collection of wasted days. As God gives us life, each one of us starts the new year with the potential of 365 opportunities that we can choose to either use and invest in eternal things or allow to drift by without taking advantage of the gift we have been given. The difference between those who succeed and those who fail is not found primarily in talent, but in diligent application. Every single day that God gives each of us is another decision that has to be made. And it's the same decision as the day before. Am I all in this day? Is the commitment that I made to Jesus as my Lord and Savior, is the repentance that I committed myself to, is the baptism that I walked into, and is the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit still true in my life? All in, just as it was the day I got saved. Are you all in? I'm really not trying to bring us down. I'm really trying to challenge us. If we get a whole nother year, I I would love to see God do some great things in our lives for us, not for you, not for me, but for his glory. I would love to see y'all get used by God to do the things that God has has planned on us to do. And I can promise you it's going to get done whether we participate or not. It's going to happen. The question is, are we all in? The boat is leaving. Maybe, Maybe you're all in, and that's great. But let me just say, if you're all in and you know you're all in and you're confident of that, God has shown that to you in a real way, and you can praise God for that, but at the same time, we, we make sure that we ask God for his protection. Because the ones who get persecuted the most are the ones who are all in. The ones who get challenged the most in their faith are the ones who are all in. Maybe you're almost there, or maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Good news. Anybody in this room says, I'm 100% all in, I'm 100% committed to that, I'm 100% positive that I'm all in, there's no problems in my life, uh, I would ask you to consider, reconsider. Maybe last year you said the same thing to yourself, I'm going to be all in for Jesus this year. Well, no, you weren't last year. (laughs) It's funny what takes us off track. It's funny it's funny what can distract us from what who we are and what we're doing and that we're not of this world, that this isn't our home. We begin to put inventory and, and value into things of this world that aren't really going to last. They're not intended to last. 
little bit. First John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5 in your Get your kids to encourage you. That's the good news of the Bible. First John chapter five. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. Don't break your limit. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Are you a believer this morning? Are you, coming in, are, you, are you coming into this new year that God has allowed us to, to, to be a part of? Are you coming into this new year as a believer? I mean, really committed, all in believer. Don't, don't be a half committed believer. Don't be, don't be a sometimes believer. Don't be a, a believer in the ways that the world describes. Because the world will tell you that you don't, have to, you don't need the church. You can just go out in the woods and be with God and that's fine. There's nothing in the scripture that says that. Scripture talks about Jesus calling you and you coming to be with him and you becoming a disciple. A lifelong following commitment. That's the most important thing. If you're a believer, then let's praise God and let's go out there and make disciples of all nations and make disciples. If you're not a believer and you have heard me say about Jesus as your Savior, then let's not open the door. Let's start, let's start now. person with baptism. And we bury the dead person, the dead sinner person, and we bring that person back out of the watery grave into a new life in Christ, 100% committed to Jesus as a believer. Right? So you know, and, and the, the, the best thing about that is you're guaranteed to win. Because he is in it. No matter, how, no matter what happens in the world, the believer is guaranteed to win. Because Jesus Thank you.